Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. It's 135 in Edmonton, 335 in uh, downtown New York City. The Oilers and the Rangers tomorrow. It'll be on uh, 630 Ched. Puck drop at 11 o'clock. Pre-game show, 930 a.m. with... Jack Michaels and myself, and uh, back at the studio in Edmonton, uh, Rob Brown and Reed Wilkins. We're going to head straight off to a River Creek Resort and Casino hotline, and we are pleased to be joined by a guy that was, uh, he had a great nickname back in the days when he played with the Edmonton Oilers late in uh, the WHA era. We're pleased to be joined by Rangers analyst Jolton Joe Micheletti. That's what Rod Phillips used to call him. Uh, so we welcome Joe back to the show. How you doing, Joe? I am doing just great, and uh, that that certainly brings back many memories, and all of them good. I I, uh, I look back over time, which we all tend to do as we uh, start getting a little older, and I look back at my time in Edmonton, and it was uh, two of the best years of my life. I had, uh, had just wonderful memories and good time, and uh, and it was probably cut too short, but it was uh, uh, it, it was a great deal of fun, and I miss Rod. Uh, I miss Rod and a lot of other people in Edmonton. It was a wonderful time of my life. Let me ask you this, just before we get into here and now, when you were with the Oilers in 78-79 and you got the skinny little kid uh, coming over from Indianapolis and a big deal, and one that also, you know, the big part of the deal was Eddie Mio, and Eddie will tell you that, but with all seriousness, right. did, you know, did you know right away that, you know, when you first saw Wayne on the ice, like, this guy's going to be something? Well, I, I remember first we played against them and uh, in Indianapolis, and you know that particular game. And I remember Steve Carlson who played for us at the time, um, one of the Hanson brothers, of course. Uh, and, and Steve was a good player, uh, and Steve played with an edge, and he could skate, and uh, he was the best out of all the, the, the three Carlson brothers, and. So Steve played most of that game against Wayne, and he really he really made it hard on Wayne. And uh, uh, and at the end of it, we're kind of talking and trying to you know at that, that time remembering that you know this is just a you know just a kid doesn't hasn't even grown any stubble on his face yet. And and uh, we were thinking at the time, well you know we didn't see anything great about him in that game, and but uh, a lot of that was Steve. Then when uh, when we acquired him. Uh, when after practice we would, you know, put the nets in between the blue lines uh, or up to the blue lines and just play two on two, three on three, which we used to do all the time. That was the that was the early part of really knowing how how uh, great Wayne was because it, we couldn't get the puck from him if he didn't want us to have it. He wouldn't let us have it. And here's this, you know, seventeen, eighteen year old kid just. You know, laughing and having fun, and and uh, and that's when we really started to. Once we got into practice with him, and then starting having those types of uh, fun games uh, uh, post practice, 
is when we really started to say, okay, now we're kind of understanding what the hype is all about. And then, of course, as we're playing more games and seeing him do what he does, and uh, you know, they're just he had this innate ability uh, to do special things that no one else could do, and continued that for the rest of his career. So uh, it, it took him actually joining our team for us to go, ah, okay, we we get it now. Uh, we're joined by Joel Micheletti, who is the analyst for MSG Network. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers now. Joe, how difficult is it to gauge the Rangers' start of the season? I mean, they've scored a bunch of goals. Uh, they've given up 39 shots a game. They're 2-0, and and they haven't played it in a week. Like, uh, it's got to be kind of tough to get a – can you get a perspective on where you think this group is at right now? It's hard. Uh, it's hard, Bob. I will say – uh, I'll say a couple of things. First of all, what David Quinn, the head coach, wanted to establish last year was uh, this attitude and this atmosphere and this philosophy of what he expected his team uh, to be, uh, how he wanted them to practice, their attitude showing up at practice, and carrying it into the game. And it took him a, it took him a full year. There were a lot of things going on, of course, the trade deadline when they lost some key players and whatnot. And so that was established going into this year. So that was something that he didn't have to continue to preach because it was already there. Everyone that was back from a season ago knew that that was uh, going to be that way. But I said this before the season started. Now, there's no question they're a better, a, a, a better team because of what Jeff Gordon has done over the last year and a half when they announced that they were going to, that they weren't good enough to win a championship and they were going to start moving some of the favorite Ranger players and fans uh, favorites. And, and so what he was able to do with all those assets is keep some of them use some of those for trade as he did with Jacob Truba and now they get a top four defenseman who can play 25 minutes against any against all the top players and also give you offense they they signed Panarin as a as a uh, unrestricted free agent a top one you know the, one of the top players in the game and uh and then they start making a few other deals but even with all those to me there were still four or five positions that were going and are being filled by young players. And those young players would have to be really good. And thus far, they've been pretty good, some better than others. But the number two ice center position is still a work in progress. Uh, and they've got, you know, they've got two or three young kids on defense that, uh, you know, so far have been good, but it's a wait and see. And I think if all that continues to, uh, uh, to go well for the Rangers, then then they got a chance to be a pretty good team. So, Joe, uh, last 102 games, Mika Zibanejad has 98 points. So he's basically been a mm-hmm. point per game player over the last 100 games, which is impressive. And now, of course, he's he's got Panarin on his line. Is it Buchnevich who's on the other wing on that line right now? Yes, yes, yes. So just a, I mean, a tremendous start for Mika Zibanejad, but he's been playing pretty well basically for you know since what the trade deadline uh, a couple of years ago maybe uh, you know this is really um it's a really in- interesting transformation for Mika Zibanejad first of all you know this is an individual that obviously was you know a great a great player being drafted as high as he was drafted by Ottawa and talented and size and could shoot and do a lot of things and the thing about Mika, though, is he's already had he's always had uh, a lot of uh, interest outside the game, not 
negative, but just he's just he's one of those he's one of those people. He's he's got interests in other things besides hockey. And so I think that as he was growing up, and he's 26 now, but as he was going through those early years of his career, um, he hadn't quite decided what was most important to him. And I think what happened last season, and he had signed a five-year contract prior to last season, but I think what happened to him last season as is he came in after the new coach was hired, they had they had some conversations in the off season. Uh, David Quinn flew to to, uh, to Sweden and saw him and Henrik and uh, and just discussed things. And so what he decided to do is put hockey first, and he came in better condition. He he uh, he, he arrived in New York earlier than normal to work out with Chris Kreider, and he just he just put hockey first, and now he's embraced this. And the guy's just a fabulous player. I mean, he is a fabulous player and a wonderful human being. And you know what? Had they decided to name a captain, I think he would have been named the captain. That's how much he has turned around and become a leader on this with this group. And, uh, and it's led to this wonderful production from a guy that's really talented. Uh, Joe Micheletti joining us in Oilers now. Bob Stoffer with you in New York City. The Oilers and the Rangers tomorrow, a matchup of two unbeaten teams. Uh, you said second-line center is still sort of a bit of a question mark. Ryan Strom, uh, in a trade that Todd McClellan did not want made, and that was perhaps a precursor of things to come for Todd, uh, Ryan Strom moved for Ryan Spooner. Spooner bought out uh, by Vancouver after Edmonton flipped him after Spooner went down to the minors. Uh, Strom, I think, in a perfect world, is a third-line center. But things aren't perfect right now. Is he mostly, you know, is he mostly in that two-hole, or is he sort of bouncing back and forth, Joe? Well, he's been in the two-hole for the last uh, for the last um, uh, for the last game for sure. Well, the first two games, he was in he was in that spot. They were hoping that Philip Heedle, who just turned twenty in September would be the player that would be the number two center, a highly talented former first-round pick from a couple of years ago, uh, can skate, can shoot, has a, a tremendous amount of talent. But he did not have a real good camp, and he just wasn't ready. And so they just thought, listen, the best thing for Filipino is for him to play 20 to 25 minutes and kill penalties and play the power play in the American Hockey League. Uh, he was uh, He was disappointed that he was sent down, but that was the correct move by the organization. So there's been these other players. You've got uh, Brett Howden, who's 21. You've got uh, uh, Leith Anderson, who's 20. Uh, and, of course, when Ryan Strom came over last year, uh, his game needed work. And he and David Quinn, you know, David Quinn, first of all, I talked about Zabanajad, uh, have this relationship that was very positive. The same thing happened with David Quinn and Ryan Strom. And Ryan became now a player for the Rangers who is extremely versatile. He's played both wings. He's played center. He can win faceoffs. He's disappointed with the start that he's had because that line is not producing yet with Kreider on one side and Capo Caco uh, on the other side. And they're not producing offensively, but, but they're hoping that he can, that he can be, uh, that he can be the guy. And uh, so he'll get another shot at that uh, in the game tomorrow against the Oilers. How's Brendan Lemieux fit in, Joe? Well, he's fit in well. When he um, when he arrived last year in the trade with Winnipeg, 
Um, and David Quinn was talking about this today. Uh, Brendan Lemieux, I believe, had nine goals, but of all the forwards in the National Hockey League, he uh, he was averaging, you know, like the fewest minutes on a per-game basis that had that kind of production. And so when he arrived in New York, uh, he, was, he went from playing about eight minutes a game to uh, 15 minutes a game. And he, he just didn't have the conditioning to be able to, to play at that level that, uh, that consistently and for that amount of time per game. So he spent, and he knew that, and uh, he and David Quinn talked about it, but they kept playing him anyway. He was productive. He's a player. He's a, he's a style of player that the Rangers don't have uh, in their system, basically. You know, a hard-nosed, a hard-nosed guy that, uh, that goes to the net that they, they think has upside potential. So uh, he had just been moved up in the spot that, uh, that uh, Nemesnikov had on the third-line left wing. And uh, he's 10 or 12 pounds lighter than he was a year ago. And they just, uh, he, he's fit in well. He understands the opportunity. He signed a one-year contract and knows this is a big year for him. Yeah, he's an aggressive player, hard-nosed kid, and he's prepared to back it up as well. We're joined by Joe Micheletti. Final question I have for you, Joe, just as the, the, the length of the, it's almost like a bye week for the New York Rangers. You know, they got the two games in early. Um, you know, you're a former player. It's a little, I mean, back when you played, you had to practice every day in between games. You know, we have load management. Uh, Dave Tippett's got the Oilers practicing later the days after games. How has Dave Quinn sort of handled this, and are you concerned at all that it might be difficult to, to get the Rangers to get jump-started again after being off, you know, not having any games for the last five or six days? Well, the, the one good thing that they have is youth. They're a very young team. When you have youth, you generally don't uh, you don't lack for enthusiasm and hard work and that type of thing. So uh, I, I don't uh, worry about them from that standpoint. I would be concerned about the first 10 minutes of the game tomorrow uh, with, uh, with being off this long. And, and what's crazy is they play tomorrow, which is, as you mentioned, it's the first time since last Saturday, and then they don't play again until this Thursday. So this is, they're a stretch of three games in 17 days, I believe it is. And, uh, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense, but as, as David Quinn said today, he says, you know what? He said, I don't like it. But I'm not complaining about it because why complain? It's just it's just the way things work. Sometimes you don't have control over those things. And uh, but I would be a little bit concerned with the start to, to get them, you know, doing and going the way they they had been going. And they had a couple of days off this week. They didn't skate Sunday and they didn't skate Wednesday. And so he tried to keep the practices uh, upbeat and work on some different things and not allow them to get bored. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think he said it best. He said it best when he said, you know what? I'm sick of practice. They're sick of practice. I'm sick of talking to them. They're, they're tired of, of uh, listening to me. And so we're just anxious to drop the puck and get going. Well, hopefully we have a, you recall, it was a year ago, uh, you know, exact same week and everything that Edmonton came in second week of the regular season on a Saturday and played a matinee game in New York City. That might have been one of the worst games of the year for both teams. Neither team had a lot of jump. Neither team was overly sharp. I'm sure we're going to get a better game tomorrow. Joe, we uh, we appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow down at MSG. I look forward to it, Bob. Always a pleasure to be on with you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. That is Joe Micheletti, who is part of one of the uh, great uh, television play-by-play tandems, uh, the legendary Sam Rosen and Joe. Uh, and I did uh, color, uh, stats for 
Joe and a guy named Ken Wilson in St. Louis, and then uh, Joe went and did the Islanders with Howie Rose and then uh, replaced John Davidson, who is now back as the Rangers president, uh, as color analyst for the Rangers back in 2006. We're going to take a uh, quick timeout and wrap up with uh, this day in order's history. Not before I tell you, Royal Pizza celebrating 50 years in Edmonton. They're still making a great on now through October Royal Pizza offering the combo special. Your choice of Greek or Caesar salad with garlic toast, two medium gourmet pizzas, four anniversary cookies, all for 50 bucks. Pick that up at any of their 14 Edmonton and area locations. Bob Stoffer with you in New York City on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. This text comes in from Mark in St. Albert. He says, uh, hey, Bob, fantastic show today with great guests. Wonderful to hear the story about number 99 from Joe Micheletti. Well, Joe is, uh, I mean, hey, man, when you're working on national broadcasts, you're your top broadcaster, and he is that. And uh, Wayne's a pretty special guy. Just uh, cannot reiterate this point more in terms of how well he treats people in and around the business. Treats everybody the same way. Uh, it's a great lesson in life. To this day in Oilers history, brought to you by New West Travel. Join Oilers now on two road trips coming up. Uh, we've got our New York trip currently taking place. And in the second half of the year, we're going to Chicago and Tampa Bay. The Tampa Bay trip includes a five-night Caribbean cruise. For reservations, call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. We're going to go all the way back to October 11, 1972, Oh, Brendan Escott, what happened? The Edmonton Oilers begin play as a WHA team with a 7-4 road win over the Ottawa Nationals. Ron Anderson scored the first goal in franchise history. All right, uh, yeah, scored the first goal in WHA history. Brendan, you know who scored the first goal in Oilers NHL history? It's a pretty easy question. Kevin Lowe? Kevin Lowe, good work. You know who scored the first goal in Vancouver Canucks history since you're a BC boy? That I'm not sure of. I would guess Stan Smith. Barry but. Wilkins. Barry Wilkins. It's all right. I was like 28 when that happened. No, not really. Halsey might have been in his 50s, I think, when that uh, Just kidding, Brian. Actually, you know what? <laughs> he was in his, say, 1970-71. How long ago is that? 48 years ago? Uh, no, Halsey was not in his 50s. Okay, uh, what do we got coming up tonight with Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins? Looks like a fluid show, but you can bet there's going to be some Eskimos preview and some Oilers stuff as well. All right, we apologize with Dave Campbell. Uh, the Eskimos uh, take on the uh, BC Lions tomorrow. It's a 5 p.m. kickoff of that one. Uh, we will have the Oilers from MSG against the New York Rangers. Early start time, 9.30 a.m. for the face-off show, 11 a.m. for puck drop. Up next, the news, weather, and traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Ched Afternoons with Jalen Nye. So long, everybody, from New York City. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.